Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Okay, Uh, this is obviously the new regime. Who (laughs) wants to place... Uh, bets, what do you reckon? Uh, two or three, this one? Two. I'm going to put money on three. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee this will only make us bolder. And because, <laughs> and because I've uh, put money on it, I'm yes. going to make If you type all in what my... is music... To Paddy Points. Power, They're, they are. They do take bets on how like long our episodes will be and how this. Oh, I see. And yep, yeah, Adam's caught up. <laughs> <sighs> Very good. Yeah, uh, good and also, hello uh, and welcome. I prefer the full oh. name, Patrick Powerful. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that they've abbreviated the name. They've like slanged it trying to out there are friends. But they're the proper on their business, you know, on the like deed or like the yeah. business on like on like company house says Patrick Powerful. Yep. What are you talking And then they're trying about? to be like I'm they're trying so to be cash by call they're trying to be cash by calling it Paddy Power, but it's right. not it's Patrick Powerful. Yeah, you had to say it, otherwise Adam was Good. lost beyond I was completely <laughs> lost. Because I thought I said uh I thought I said a different company. Anyway, Bet Fred, is that something? Yeah, you see the well, full that's, title because that's called better because that's called better Frederick. Yeah. That's the proper name. <laughs> yeah, three parts, I reckon, guys. Yeah, yeah. I reckon three parts because we didn't. I got as far as hello and welcome to 
before you started on your fucking bullshit. Uh, hello and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We are a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. We're currently in season two, which is called Are You Amused? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Muse. And we're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking track questions track. like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season we're of course asking, are you amused? And to be clear, we're asking if you're amused by the band Muse, not whether or not you're amused by us the host of this season are you amused to which you are now listening uh do you I read am... that now no insane adam can't read, adam can't read. <laughs> sorry i'm adam scott glasspool and i am joined uh by co-hosts steve lon murphles yep and lucas way Hell. just a silly name on its own yeah very silly yeah. stupid yeah. fucking why would you call someone lucas lucas uh, yeah. yeah. We are, of course, on this podcast on our quest to answer the question what is music? And I personally think that music is the most accessible form of art. What do you guys think music is? Nobody cares. Ooh. The most inaccessible form of art. Excellent. How are you guys? I'm all good. I'm quite I'm sensing some low energy here. <laughs> I'm quite warm. No. I'm quite warm and sticky. This is the first day of the year. And just so people know when we're talking about, it's Bono's birthday. Um, the first day of the year that I have actually thought, oh, oh it's warm. Yeah. Now, really? Mm. Now, like a few weeks ago when it was like sunny out, were you not like, it's warm? I was probably asleep. I wonder where you were going. Very, Adam. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, it was really sunny. I was like, like, like regretting not wearing shorts and t-shirts when I was leaving my house. I'm wearing shorts today. Nice, so. Adam. I wonder where you were going because you said it's the first day of the year. And there's a big gap, and yeah, then you and said I was like, Bono's it's not, birthday, it's not. and I was thinking it's New Year's Day by you too. And I got very, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I, and you know, I get confused by the chronology, chronology, chronology. Yeah, these episodes. If we do them out, I thought we were doing a New Year's Day episode then. How Happy many, New Year. How many episodes do we ever go without mentioning New Year's Day by U2? <laughs> I think it's every other. And I moment. can't wait until we one day do a season on U2 <laughs> and we get to whatever album New Year's Day is on and we'll just well, we'll play no, I think we should play. We should play clips of everything that we've played <laughs> New yeah. Year's Day for. Uh, should, what, should we just fucking let's, let's get on with it? Yeah. Uh, Lucas looks distracted. No. Okay. <laughs> he's just looking at. He's just staring at the wall. I'm listening. I'm just listening whilst looking elsewhere other than forwards. All right, Then we will get on with it. We're going through the discography of the ba- the only band that features Dominic Howard, uh, Muse, from three That's perspectives. Not true. Me. <laughs> Wait. Okay. What's the other band that features Dominic Howard? Three parts. Dom's been in. Three parts. Dom's been in bits and Dom's been in bits and bobs since starting Muse. Is it? It's the only band that currently features Dom Howard, right? He was at no. He was in Lonely Hearts Club for a bit. What? Uh, oh, you mean, yeah. do you mean Jaded Hearts. Hearts Club? Well, they've changed the name. Sorry, yeah, Jaded. They've changed the name, haven't they? Because they're originally called Dr. Pepper's Jaded Hearts Club Band. That's very good. And it's now just called the Jaded Hearts Club. Right. I think. Okay. He was in there for a bit. Uh, he also recently featured on a song by someone else. Is Chris in other people's music? Chris is in Fixed Penalty still, as we've discussed. Okay. <laughs> He also featured in a song by a little band recently. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, Muse. I'm just going to Google it. 
Wollstenholm feature. Live Googling, that's what we need more of. Ring. Two parts? You yeah, yeah live. Two parts, Lucas. Featuring. Uh, and he was in. Uh, he was in something. Entertain yourselves. Uh, featuring. That's to the listeners, because there's no entertainment value in this. I don't know what I can search. What can I search? Oh, this is going so well. Oh, that's it. There's a band called Moriarty. Great. And they had a song called Bones, and uh, he's he he played on it, and he's in the music video and everything. We're going through the discography of Muse from three different perspectives. Me, I'm very analytical and sort of deep into the context of music. Play it now. Steve, moderately thoughtful about music. Uh, Lucas, you know, much more leaning towards the entertainment side of music than the artistic side of music. I'm not a big Muse fan. Steve's a bit of a Muse fan. Lucas is a big Muse fan and has loved them with the intensity of a thousand suns for many years. Uh, and last time... Uh, we looked back and summed up our feelings on the first half of their career, from showbiz to Black Holes and Revelations. This week, uh, the first of our weekly podcasts, we'll be looking at their fifth album, The Resistance. Uh, But we do like to take in all manner of context surrounding the music, including biographical. And so with that in mind, Steve, uh, why don't you catch us up Hmm? on what's been going on in the world of Muse as far as we've gone into it. Oh, they played Wembley. That's correct. Yep, that's correct. They, uh, he didn't bungee jump off the top, otherwise he'd die. We could spend so, all day so, talking about the things that Muse didn't do. Yeah, biographies <laughs> tend to not include all the things they didn't do. There was a do. little robot. I know this isn't what the purpose of this thing is, so I, I'm just recounting things I remember. A little robot that delivered little his robot. guitar. Not to him on stage. Yeah, I wouldn't call it. So that's the biography. Lucas, why don't you just jump in really early on this one? <laughs> start your whole So they thing. do the harp gig. Yeah, that's what yes. I said. Oh. That happens. That's where we left them. That was like the end of the Black Holes and Revelations sort of era. Mm. But mm. as... Not really, though. I say Because oh, as per... Because as per, they... Kind of keep doing a few gigs, but they're just kind of, they start toning it down. You know, that's what they always do. They like kind of do really heavy touring, get to like a peak, mm. and then they kind of just do bits and bobs. So the bits and bobs this time, it was they did, they went back to the States, did some Where more about? touring in the US, uh, all over the place. Such as? Um, anywhere on the East Coast? Don't worry, I'm going to say it. Don't worry, I'm going to say it. Uh, because <laughs> this time they're it. doing, like, they've, they've, they're kind of there I'm finally. They're doing it. like, they're doing arenas. They're like, they're finally after the pub gate and all that sort of stuff. They're playing like full-blown arena gigs where they were supporting Michael McCromance like half a year ago. Pub they're gate. now like headlining. Yeah, it was a gate. It was a gate that they were playing. I don't understand what you're talking about. What was pub gate? Was it really, really controversial? The fact that they were playing pubs. pubs. The fact that they were playing pubs in the US whilst they're playing arenas in the UK. Oh, right. Okay. Was that a that scandal? That's not really a scandal, is it? <laughs> that was a scandal or gate. <laughs> Scandalgate. Um, uh, but no, they're now doing like arenas in the US. They play like the they play Madison Square Garden, which is in uh, downtown Manhattan. In um in New York City. Uh, supported uh, they. <laughs> Pressed her with hot mustard. 
I'm walking, Steam Vents Empire State Building Hot Dog. Oh, <laughs> shit, shit. It's one of the worst New York accents. <laughs> well, howdy! I'm from New York City. <laughs> Steve, why is your cat just staring at the corner of your room? Oh, that is terrifying. No, that is what my cat does as well, to be fair. I'll just be like, of all the places he could face, he's chosen the wall. To be fair, he's not. He's right in the middle of the bed. It looks like he's right in the corner, and that's. It really does look in the in the pick like he's in in the pick in this video like he's just like directly in the corner of the room. He's like still he's staring the at the corner. corner, like he's been put in the so corner for being a naughty boy. Up. Have you seen Hereditary? Oh, okay, no. yeah, because I don't care for horror films. Oh, you should see Hereditary. That's a good film. Yeah, it's genuinely. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll they get played there. when we start. I, what I, is movies? We can put that on on the list. When I movie, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they uh, support Rage Against the Machine, which is big, big, big for them. That is, they get that to is Rage huge, Against actually. the Machine. Heroes Rage Against the Machine. They get to support them at a big stadium in Las Vegas. That's fun. What's the name of this? What stadium is this? I don't, I don't fucking know. Sorry, did you mention that they were now playing sort of like Madison Square Garden style? Yeah. Sort of? yeah okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. They're now. They're now. They're there. You know, they're doing arenas and stuff. Sure. They play a stadium gig, but it's not. They're not. It's not their own stadium gig. After they bloody pub gate. Ra- you know, they support. They yeah. Rattle. Bloody, oh, that time after bloody pub uh, gate. They do some more touring. They do like Eastern Europe, Australia, and then like 2008, they really slow it down, and it's basically like they do a few festivals here and there. Cool. They do the festival. Little circuit. bit. A little bit. Of, they do a little uh, south you know, cash in the pocket. A little bit of. Yeah, but they do a little South American tour. They've never done south america at this point they do like mexico argentina brazil chile are those their own gigs or are they part of a, fe- a tour yeah, yeah they do a proper they do their Lovely. own tour nice. in south america which is nice for them uh, that often they do gets, the, that is often a market that is neglected by the touring artist yes they do uh the teenage cancer trust gig at albert hall oh which was like a really good gig because it's when uh, he got to play on the fucking organ yeah, the organ that, that it literally is yeah. oh. they play megalomania on the organ like which the is Phantom the building the fucking opera <laughs> the op the, the opera the organ is literally like m- like built into the building it's so fucking big <laughs> amazing and yeah he played megalomania i saw them play royal albert hall at another like charity gig in like 2017 mm. and i was like well he's going to play megalomania again because he wouldn't let that go to waste. Oh, no. He did. Oh, he let it go no. to waste. Did he even play the organ? Did Didn't Morgan even play the organ? the organ? Morgan did not play the organ, and Matt did nothing of the sort either. Was Matt wearing a hat? Just all loads of mean. lots of different What's, questions. Just lots of word things associ- that rhyme, isn't it? Word yeah. association. Yeah. It's how Bellamy writes his lyrics. Ocean motion. <laughs> The last gig of the sort of black holes thing is they play V Festival, which I was at. Cat attack. So that was fun. V Fest, very good. Uh, Chris has child number four, one per album. Keep it going. We're at album five now. Cycle. Oh, but we're no, still... no, we're not oh, yet. Come on, okay. Steve. No, we're not yet. Come on. So obviously, take a little bit of time off. Head in the game. Take a little bit of time off. Time off so he can uh, conceive child matt does a few matt does a, a few little process. side projects matt does a few little side projects With chris i bet it's a link uh, oh yeah it's a girthy process <laughs> please lucas can you just get on with come it honestly on, like stop come on two parts or three matt, parts it'd be good to get to a song on this episode matt yeah. does a few little side projects putting uh, up shelves 
Stuff like that. Picture <laughs> 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 the drywall. <laughs> Matt, Matt writes a song originally intended for Muse that doesn't end up getting used and ends up on Adam Lambert's first album. Oh, not with Queen. And I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to play. Who not of Queen, but he now plays with. Yeah, Queen. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like an American Idol winner, wasn't he? Yeah, I was, was saying yeah. he's not with Queen at that point. I was sort of questioning that. No, he had his, he had his own album. Right. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what song it is because I think we're going to do it on the B-Sides app and I'm going to try and get Steve to guess which one was originally... Because there is a Muse version out there. Oh, really? So basically, okay. Matt, they, they wrote and recorded it. It Then they like sold it That's to Adam so Lambert, weird, I guess. because then they recorded a Queen song on this album. Yeah. And, and then they... They like they must have like given it to Adam Lambert and then like no one knew this song was Muse until like it was like found in like a like online there's like an archive of all the like things Warner Brothers own mm. and there was like this song by Muse and it was Muse playing it but it's actually but then it's on Adam Lambert it's really weird it's on Adam Lambert's album but they've never played it live they have no like ownership over the song except Matt Bellamy is credited as the composer well, they, of the song well he will own the song in that case like he he will receive yeah I guess so. residuals from uh, Adam Lambert. Uh, performing it. Uh, it's interesting oh. that you said um, uh, you're going to get Steve to guess. I have no idea what you're talking about, Lucas. So it'll be. Yeah, a but guess I think you'll well. know enough of the other B sides. Well, it's, it's interesting. We should process out elimination. That we are now at the point where I sort of jumped off, and um, and I have really no idea about whatever's coming next, other than like whatever's been a headline on the NME. That's pretty much my extent of muse knowledge. Uh, Matt uh, composed. He did his first bit of film scorage. Oh. He comp- he composed the closing titles to a film that does not exist. When you say it doesn't uh, exist, like, do you mean that it, like in the uh, Griffin and David sense of that? It- I mean in the sense that you have nobody has thought about this film after a fortnight after this film was released, including anyone involved. Yeah. Is it okay. the one that they played at the the premiere for? No, it's not World War Z. Okay, not World War Z, because that is also a movie that doesn't exist. Yeah, it also doesn't exist. Uh, okay. Uh, no, Matt did the closing titles, or he contributed to the closing titles of the 2009 action thriller starring Clive Owen, The International. I have Ooh. seen The International, but you're right. I don't know anything about it. I've seen it, and I cannot remember it. <laughs> I've sent you I've sent you it if you want to like play a bit of it. You've I sent mean, me it the sounds film. like Matt Bellamy. I've sent you the film. Do you remember Children of uh, Men? I mean... It's like yeah, that's a re- that film does that, exist. That's, that film is very. Oh, is it good. still good? That's good. I remember. It, I remember it being really good. Yeah, so film, that's a good film. This film, out. this that film exists. The international doesn't exist. Just skip. Just skip ahead. To, like, I mean, the interesting thing is, is obviously he's not listed on the number. Of Which the is weird. I know on Spotify he's not. But I think he used to be. And it sounds like Matt Bellamy strings. Is this the um, the international thing? Yeah, yeah. It's Bond. Yeah, it is a bit. It sounds a bit. That does sound a bit spectery, doesn't it's it? It's got actually? a bit of bondage to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird on Spotify. He's not credited because he just definitely absolute was standard. Yeah, it's uh, nothing to it. Thriller music, isn't it? Interestingly, these yeah. three guys. Um... One of them's the guy who just Game of Thrones, right? Isn't it Raman Dabajiwidi? Uh, I don't know. It, it's Johnny Klimek, Reinhold Heil, and Tom Twyke, uh, Tom Tykwer, oh, uh, who did the the really good score to Cloud Atlas. Hmm. I've never seen it. Good, worth watching. An absolute mad film. In, insane. A, a modern use of yellow face, which is bananas that that happened. Yeah, that is that is um. really odd. Yeah, 
But actually, do you know what? But not in like a comedy way. I reckon they get away with it. I reckon they get away with it. In a sincere... Like, they do it like sincere... It's very strange. It's not the maddest thing in that film. I think they just about get away with it. Uh, Matt features on Guitar Hero 5 as a playable character. Oh my god. <laughs> They've really blown up since They've really since become the, the mainstream. He's he's wearing the re- he's wearing the red harp suit. Oh yeah. And he's like does the motion capture and he's like a playable man in in that game. Amazing. This is when they start we're at, we're at Guitar Hero 5 now, so this is when like they're fucking cashing in and like just churning out any old shite and adding shite to them to make them sell because the trend's starting to, you know. Guitar Hero was great, right? Like Never first. never played it. I was never into Guitar Hero. I played a lot of it at uni. It's, it's really fun, guys. I, it, because it's nothing like playing an actual guitar. I found it, it hard. It really confuses me. Yeah. yeah I, I just can't get my hands to do I that. I love like rhythm games like that. Like Beat Saber. Steve, you played Beat Saber at That's my house. That's good. And it's, to Linkin Park it's we played. so good. Beat Saber is like a Beat really Saber sounds game. wrong. <laughs> now we've said it out loud. Cheers for the invite. Uh, yeah. Also, playable on that game. No, I'm surely Cash oh, and uh, Kirk Kurt Cobain, which I think is a bit weird that you put Kirk Cobain as playable catcher on fucking Guitar Hero. I can't imagine he'd be up for and that. And Johnny Cash, depending on what the year is. Yeah, bit weird. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on, Guitar uh, Hero. So they're like, you know, they're like, they're like in that pre-sort of album bit of this one. There's a lot of talk. They start doing this now, like every album, where they start saying, "We're not going to release an album." We're not going to do a conventional album. We're going to like just record tracks and release them as and when, because music's the way the music is released has changed. We're just going to release stuff. I remember that happening. I remember ready. them doing that recently, like recently now. Yeah, they did it a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, but like at this one, they were really talking about it, and they said it for like the next two albums, and then shock horror, they released an album. For any of their albums, did they ever say that they were going back to basics? Oh, that's. Okay, right. <laughs> I love it when bands do that. We're going to really try and recapture um, the spirit of our first two albums. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. great. Thanks for um, postcards from a young man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they like, yeah, they basically said like, oh, we'll just release songs. And then at some point we'll just basically do like a best of the last few years. And that would kind of count as an album. Yeah. But okay. I can, yeah. That, that is a model that a lot of artists have, have used. Uh, I think Ash did that, didn't they? Didn't they release like a track a month, and at the end of the year, it was a twelve-track album. I'm not, I'm not up for it. I like an album. Yeah, I and, like an album as well. And and the the time they have done it, which we'll get to, the one song that they released sort of very separately of the album cycle doesn't feel like it suits the album. Oh, it's on the album anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, and I don't right. think it's weird that it belongs. Oh. Like, I think they've done. Yeah, uh, they're talking a lot in the like because this obviously they're like big now. So even when they're not promoting an album they're still kind of in like the enemy and like they're kind of still like in the conversation they don't kind of disappear entirely Mm. like you know uh there's a lot of talk of wanting to do a 15 minute long space opera great which i mean will they ever do it i don't think they will personally i don't think they'll do it Uh, um yeah this album Mm-hmm. Nothing. Carry on. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's we'll it's a bit short. It's weird. It ends. It ends at "I Belong to You," which is oh, like not I'm, a very big oh, ender. I fucking wish. Not a very big ender, and also like nine <laughs> tracks in. I don't like that it ends like that. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. I'm just, just carry gonna, on. I'm well, just, maybe we'll talk about it later. I'm just going to go back to a point because it just popped into my brain. You said that about was it Ash mm-hmm. that released a song every month until they had an album at the end of the year. Something in, like that. There's, there's something a bit interesting in this. So we talked about Bullets and Octane, I think, on the Black Holes and Revelations. Oh, okay. yeah, the lead singer of that, Gene, 
uh, release. Imagine, he did, imagine like, if a... Steve ever gets his own season. We best spend the whole thing going. Is he called like <laughs> Gene Ripcord something? Is that, exactly, <laughs> is that what he calls himself? Uh, no, I wish it was. He he did a solo project, uh, like an acoustic thing, and he released a song. Was it called Ripcord? Yeah, it was called Ripcord. <laughs> Uh, the volumes. <laughs> um, he released a song every week for a year, and then like split it into like four releases of thirteen tracks. Now, what that yeah. meant: one, it's start- it's not very good to start with, but two, can you imagine how much he's really stretching to write songs? A song right, every week. Okay. These are clearly songs he hadn't Mate, written. T- to be honest with and you, and how my many friend- songs can you write about whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> or going fast in a car? Well, there's loads of different brands. Uh, That's I'm very true. Have to one up you there, Steve. Uh, I'm uh, acquaintances with a very good unsigned artist called Chuck S. J. Hay, who uh, spent a year doing a song every day. 365 <laughs> songs that uh, they, they they picked the best. 50 i think and recorded them all in one live session but you can get all of the uh, they, they released an album every month of 30 songs or like 31 songs bloody hell project. <laughs> go and check out chuck sj hey that's cool uh, very cool that's artist. mental that's fucking cool though um yeah, so they're talking about doing all this, but they they end up not doing it so it's not really doesn't really bring much to the conversation because they didn't um <laughs> It's kind of, but it, it becomes a recurring thing. They're like, we're not going to do a traditional album. We're going to release whatever we want when we're ready. And then you'll get an album at some point. And then to like the record label go, no, you need an album to promote and like do a tour of and like, come on. Please. I don't know. Is that like, please, is, please, is it that? On, or please. is it that it just works out please easier to just do an money, album? Please, please. Uh, like Matt's going into, you know, Matt's still fucking Matt. He's still fucking getting obsessed. I was like, like the G20 protests happened at this point And his financial crisis obviously happened in 2008. So yeah. like, he's getting very Matt Belly me about all that stuff. Sure, he's literally got a bunker at this point with canned food and shit. Has he? Great in, in his house in Italy. Of course he he's does. He's a prepper. Of course he does. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. less cool every album. <laughs> but ultimately, at this point, he's like happy. He's like he's like kind of more content than he's ever been. He's like in a long term relationship at this point. He's been with Gia Gaia. I don't know. Is this the Italian it. lady still? Uh, Probably not like that. The Italian lady, Gia Gaia? and he lives in Italy. And he lives in it. And he lives in Italy. Which G A I A? He still lives in Naboo. He lives yeah. in Naboo at this point. Still, he lives in Naboo uh, with George Clooney. We he's in Naboo with George Clooney. Yeah, he's got. You know, they're living there in Italy on on Lake Como, and he's like a happy soppy man. And you, I feel like that shows at points in this album that he's kind of a bit more content, a bit more loved up. He said that on Black on uh, on Absolution, and it. Did, uh didn't really come across. I think on this one it does a bit more. Okay, all right. Well, uh, that was so a gungan. That's weird. They go into the <laughs> They go into the studio. They go into the studio to start recording in like December of 2008. So quite swiftly after like they played V in August and they're kind of in the studio already in December. Cool. Where when does this album get released? June to the uh Late 09. Late 09. Mid to late September. Okay. Okay. That's a decent um, amount of time recording it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's much more cash. So so they uh, do not have a producer on this album. They self-produced this whole album. No whole way. Produced by me. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Really? They didn't have anybody telling them to, like, to not calm some stuff down <laughs> or take anything out. <laughs> what about if I put this at the end of every track? Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's the conversation with himself. So they hi- they hired Rick Rubin, who had worked with Metallica and Jay Z. Yeah, 
Uh, oh, cool. And then they Who decided else? to. They Who decided else? to Jay Z. Oh, cool. They wow. decided to scrap that and decided they wanted to do it themselves. Okay. Uh, and they did it all at uh, Studio Bellini, which is the name they gave to Matt's studio at his house. Bermoretti. Uh, it's called that because he used to the house he lived in used to be lived in by Vincenzo Bellini. Oh, I thought you were saying Lovely. Bellamy in a really weird way. No, Studio Bellini. Bellamy. Vincenzo Bellini <laughs> used to live there. <laughs> Matteo uh, Bellamy. Quote. <laughs> quote Matt Bellamy in fucking wanker fashion. Oh, God. Uh, I'm trying to trace his ghost right now to help me write songs. Yes. I do, I I do like this that. late at night, 3 a.m. I turn the lights down loud and I start playing his songs on the piano in the hope of making contact. It hasn't worked so far, but I'm confident really? it will. Oh, confident. that's so good. That's so good. It reminds you know me what? of um, you say it's Radiohead wank- recording OK Computer. And they're like, Tom was like, the songs are coming to me through the voices of the ghosts I hear at night. <laughs> like, yeah, OK, mate, great. You know, brand, brand new recorded um, The Devil and God are raging inside me in a, a haunted, good like, uh, it, thank you very much. It is, yes. I don't know why I said that. Why is it thank you? Thank you you didn't write it. You were in much. no way involved. I don't want to spoil that, that season, album. but I did write that album. <laughs> Uh, in like a haunted like cabin, apparently, and it does sort I mean, of I mean, come it across. Con- it does contribute to the vibes of those kind the of. The vibe of that album is scary. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So I yeah. like that shit. So that's all nice content. But uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, they completely self-produced this one. Uh, they want to basically do like whatever. They basically specifically don't want to limit themselves, even if it feels silly or draws comparisons to other artists. Oh, <laughs> Queen. Uh, they just wanted to just like have fun and do whatever the fuck they wanted. I think they basically felt now at this point they had their blank check. Like they're kind of, kind of, can, they're like, look, we've done Wembley. We're huge. We can, we can do what we fancy. Do whatever we fucking want. Yeah, uh, they, they did have like obviously they had like they had uh, a desk technician and like a, someone who mixed it. So they didn't do like oh every yeah, of fucking... course. You still have the engineer and everything. Yeah, Adrian Bushby. Yeah, Adrian well, Bushby. Plug in their technician. own fucking guitars. Can is there, is there a can Mike that. Hedges? Adrian Bushby joke? Is there a Bushby hedges? hedges Bushby. Bushby. There's something there. Sometimes mm. Bushby hedges. Uh, the only <laughs> thing not the only thing not <laughs> recorded at that studio was the string stuff, which they recorded at Officine Monsieur. I tried to say it on the last episode. It's admirable. It's really admirable. Of Officine Mechanche mm-hmm. Studios Milan. Two points, know. please, poor Thalin. <laughs> Do I talk- you? Do we already mentioned chips. it. We already mentioned it on the Black Holes episode. It's the place they do their strings. It's in Italy. Okay. Yeah, no. yeah. Your uh, your your attempts at Italian pronunciation are on par with Matt's attempts at French pronunciation of this <laughs> album. We won't get to that this episode, though, will we? No, so, we won't. No. Well, was it supposed to be La, La Resistance? And he just, yes, that's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, only other kind of thing of note about the recording, uh, although not really... Uh, it's interesting to, to talk about because I don't know how much we want to go into it because it, it wasn't known at the time. But Chris is absent for quite fair chunks of this recording process. Oh. Due to personal issues, which we'll get into later. Okay. Okay. But Chris is having a hard time and is kind of in and out of the studio. Um, I mean, he is. He, there's no. It's not like Matt plays the bass or anything like that. He's just a lot less present. He's not there for every single step of the way, like he has. So he's not like, there for every sort of minute decision, in creative terms of... process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's a bit more. He's a bit more distant. 
Um, do you have anything more? Do you, do you know anything more specific? Like how long he was kind of out for or anything like that? Months I think it was just like on and off. Or? I don't think it was like, he wasn't like away. I don't think he like went home. I think he was just like genuinely just like not down in the studio. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He like missed big chunks, basically. Mm. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into it because it kind of comes much more relevant on the next album. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it was it was it became known on the next album, right? Yeah, but, but like publicly. But then the band would have known about it now, so I suppose we could get into it a little bit. Yeah. So basically, Chris at this point is massively struggling with alcohol. He's mm. like a full blown alcoholic, waking up and drinking vodka type level alcoholic, Ooh. which obviously his his dad died of yeah, yeah. alcohol, and that's alcohol. what sober was about, right? Yeah. And at this point, Chris is. Down, going down the same path, so and is missing big chunks of recording and sort of the rest of it. The the kind of rock and roll touring lifestyle that Muse had as well, like contributes to, like all, well, it's like, funny when you like, enables I, that so readily. I say funny, it's not funny, but when you look at any older clips, he constantly has a beer in his hand, mm, like in interviews. Yeah. So he'll be in an interview with a with a beer, like. Now, well, on stage, know, rock stars, you know. On that's... stage, he's sipping a beer. You know, he'll like have a beer, like yeah. instead of like a bottle of water, he'll have a beer there. That's Nothing. the lifestyle, isn't it? You don't necessarily consider that as dangerous, you know, because no. it's part. Mm. It's all wrapped up in that sort of bullets and octane sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it is though. It is. Uh, it's just they don't. So when you say he yeah. was missing for chunks, is that because he was uh, facing and and uh, dealing with those issues? to help him out of that or was it because no, I think of at that? this point it was it was it was it was during this recording process that he the band basically then went to him and went sort your fucking out right okay yeah together. right rather than he was missing coming in because he by was the time him. they started touring this album he was stone cold sober oh, and, okay, and, right. and wow and, and ha- okay and has been ever since wow good that's bad. a quick that's a quick turnaround. Um, good lad but he but obviously we don't know how long prior to this he's been Slip, like, I don't know, maybe during back holes, absolution. Like, we don't know how, yeah. like, the, yeah, the yeah, general yeah. downward trend, but this is the point where he was at his absolute peak of being a full blown alcoholic. Okay. Wow. Get into it more on the next album. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, they do some, they, they record, they do all recording y stuff. What we're always going to do, we're going to get into it when we actually cover the songs. Uh, that's like up until sort of uh, mid 09. Uh, in mid 09, they uh, remember how he talks about the stuff for the the bike, the the, the free bikes last yes. time. Yes, here we go. Which was very popular. I by think the Adam way. remembers <laughs> this. Then Adam remembers this. That was like I our think... largest reaction to on Twitter <laughs> was to the free bikes. <laughs> the uh, I remember there being another one of those like ARG things. Arg. I think you called them. Yeah, the ARG yeah. things. I remember it being based around the United States of Eurasia. Yes. I was not so, involved, but it's, it is the reason that I heard United States of Eurasia before anything else on the album, as as did everybody. As did everyone. So on, like, one day their website basically changed to this, like, map, and it said, Project Eurasia, Fraff, I can't fucking speak. Did like, you lose your fucking mind? Project with- Eurasia, Flash Briefing, Declassified and Approved for General Release, Previous Classification, Indio, Alpha, Shard, Geopolitical Events, Now Necessitate, Activation of the Standboy Plan, Bravo, Niner, Previously Known as Greta. Lucas, did you lose your absolute fucking mind when you when it happened? I was like, yeah. holy shit, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. What's going yeah. on? I love it. What is we must happening? Get to th- Isn't this well, like... probably also- another album you know i think <laughs> i mean nothing more mad than that was gonna is, happen is this not like i might have my dates wrong but is this not also peak like uh lost 
for you as well. Ooh, uh, so mysteries this, 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 a big this part is mid-09 of your life. and Lost ended in 10. So Lost ended in like May 2010. So mystery so. is a big part of your life. Well, at that point, you would have been disappointed and sad. So no, that point. At that point, season five is on, and it's the best season. Um, I'm currently in season two again, and it's great. By the way, should I watch it? I've never seen it. Yes, you should watch Lost. Absolutely, regardless of whether people think it ends bad, does does whatever. It was a big, a seminal TV, an event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're never going to obviously you're never going to recapture that watching it, binging at home. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. With with no one to talk to about it at the same time, it's you know that sort of thing is impossible to recapture. Rude that you assume I don't talk to my girlfriend about it. No, but like you won't be able to like <laughs> in the same way, you know, like you have like a week between episodes to to go mental about it. And well, then shall I do it have, like that? You have months between seasons to go mental. Yeah, but you've got no one else to talk to about it. I mean, got, I'll like I'll I'll act the character if you want. I'll yeah, pretend I've not seen. My girlfriend's not seen it either. I'll give I'll give the like oh, theories cool. I would have I'll give the theories I would have given so I, after season two. I'm, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's I'm do watching. That. Let's I'm do a wa- podcast, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. I would do a Lost podcast in a fucking heartbeat. I could talk about Lost for a thousand years. I'm, I'm rewatching <laughs> it and I don't remember any of it. And uh, my girlfriend has not seen it before, so amazing. Um, her face amazing. is a picture. It's amazing. Yeah, I did it with the, when me and Hannah got together. It didn't take long with, with, with me and Hannah being together before I was like, it's time to Lost you. It is time <laughs> to Lost. And made her, I made her watch Lost. And I got, her to, I, I got her to give a, a season predictions that I wrote down at the start of each season of like where it's going to go this <laughs> season. And then at the end of the season, I'll be like, let's see how accurate you were. Uh, yeah, and let, let's sit down and tell you how wrong you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're currently we've been doing that with X Files. We're currently doing it with Twin Peaks. I feel like Lost is a good addition to that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll get on it. It's on Disney Plus uh, now. So. Jack's always it's out of Disney breath. Plus now. Is he always? Yeah. And Locke's always the best character on television. Cool. Um, until until someone else shows up. Um, basically, it. I mean, it's going to. I'm not going to go into the whole fucking thing because no, it's please, massive. Please. It's really in depth. Please. But basically, there's six, there's like seven phases to this like coded ARG thing where Amazing. you have to solve codes, which leads you to coordinates in the real world. Steve's putting his hands. Was up. it all in like hexagons and stuff like the album artwork? Like you mm. unlocked different. Like the colours, you know the blocks of well, colour. Well, it was that... a map of it was the, it was a yeah. map of Eurasia. But it was did it look like the album art? I seem to remember no. something. Okay, it was just like a map. It was just like it was all like looked like a I'll fucking just, I'll something, just go fuck something through like a fine something on like a CIA yeah, fucking Steve, actually, like in a movie. Just just, uh, just go off and off. Just go fuck yourself. Just go fuck. Yeah, I was pop, pop, it pop. looked like something you'd see on a screen of like the cyber guys in like the international. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Steve, come back because you're the only person who hasn't heard this bit. <laughs> who doesn't know about this? Yeah, Adam know knows this. this. I was You're just... the only one of us who doesn't know this, so let fucking come back. I was just fucking myself. Okay. Um, great. Basically, like it, like for example, it took you to meet Agent Seven. Sorry, the first number I read wrong. <laughs> what agent nine seven eight dash zero four six number, and like that agent's number is the ISBN code for the Grand Chessboard, which is a book that inspired the plot of that song. All this shit, basically. It was really in depth. Like you'd meet a man, he'd give you a USB stick. You'd take that, like, so a, a, real, re- a real life person, a real life person had to go How to like somewhere to in Paris there? and meet the agent. It was there was a time. 
Okay, so like, okay. You'd have to meet like the agent, and the agent would, if you had the codes, would like give you the. So there was USB a queue of people. Like, one. This random person. No, 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 oh. no. Like, like, like the community. Like, were like, I'll go do it. Like, I'll take care of it, sort of thing. I remember people there being like, a choice at one point, but I might be getting ahead of myself. That was right at the end. Yeah. Okay. The, okay. The and then like he'd give the USB stick, and on that was like a load of anagrams, and people had to co- like get solve all the anagrams once you got that you got the code and that like unlocked the next phase at which point the next bit of the map opens and it shows the next location and there's another round of it and it's like literally all over the world so paris hong kong berlin moscow umayyad anyone want to help me know where the fuck that is seems like something you could have googled before the show um (laughs) i'll I'll google it i'll google it now We do live. It's in, it's, in, it's in Damascus in Syria. Cool. Um, Tokyo and all these. And this was going on over the course of like a week. And basically, every time each phase got unlocked, another chunk of the song was released. So right. the first bit of the song was released was literally the piano. And, and it's it a goes, song that's in sections. Yeah. So that and, then, makes and, sense. And, and then literally goes the piano, and then it goes, You. Right. And it was like, Great. Twat. Thanks. <laughs> and then you're like, Right. What's the next bit? Uh, so you like, I obviously heard like each 30 seconds a thousand times. And people would obviously then go, right, we've unlocked the second part. Someone's already stitched them together and put them on YouTube to listen to the oh, first amazing. minute. This is minute really cool. The song. Like, I know then it's really the next like, like 20 lame, seconds gets really added cool. and people like listen to it. And obviously that song goes in some real directions as yes, well. Yes, it does. So it like does. you expect it to go somewhere and then the next clip and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like <laughs> so it was those really... YouTube stitch together clips must still exist. And I bet that if yeah, you go maybe, back, you can see all the comments like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, that's really fucking cool, actually. I didn't. It know was either. like a whole, like, like literally real life meeting real people in like Tokyo and stuff to like get the key to like plug into your computer and actually have to solve the codes and everything. It was all really Matt cool. Matt is having like, the time got, of his life doing this stuff. I got it? really into it. Obviously, I was like, I didn't like go and fucking meet the. I mean, what am I going to go to Berlin? No, no, but you were like I just. Deep I just into followed the forum it. Talk. Yeah. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff. And then at the very end of it. Uh, you're talking about a choice, Adam. The last one was yeah. in America. America. In New York City. Oh, he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, now that means, no, that means you don't have to do it. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. So. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and, it, and, it basically, and it says, does the United States of America recognize the new United States of Eurasia? And then if, you, if it was yes, basically that's what unlocked collateral damage, the little bit at the end of the song. Oh, Okay. Because something's to do with collateral damage about, I don't fucking know. Yeah, sure. Uh, but basically, it's all based on the Grand Chessboard, which is a book by Adam. Do you by Adam? It? Yes. Uh, I wrote that uh, a long time ago. That's mad. Um, Zbigniew Brzezinski. Okay. Uh, and it's basically all about, like, uh, the, the Eurasia becoming, like, its own United States of, and there's, like, a war between the US and the United States of Eurasia. Yes, and Eurasia stuff. was one of the superpowers in 1984. In 1984, which this book, which this film, this fucking album. Book film. Al- you're like my nan which she's trying to remember album. the names of her grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And calls you, and calls you and get, says the dog before she says yeah. your name. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, great. The, uh, yeah, obviously 1984 is referenced quite a lot in this album. Yeah, it's almost, uh, uh, the album is, is almost a little, like, 
basically an adaptation of 1984 in a little way. In bits. Like, lots yeah, in of bits. references to it, yeah. Uh, and uh, basically at the end of that, the first, like, uh, you could say single, it's not actually a single, it's not released as a single, but it becomes like officially available to download then off of like iTunes and stuff, is United States Eurasia. Yes, and that's what like, I heard. July 21st, right. 09. So that's quite a while before the album comes out, actually, and the album doesn't come out until September. So it's a fair old But it's also not the first, you know, it's not, it's not the proper single. So it's like a little... Yeah, taste, isn't it? First yeah. proper single, August fourth, is taste. "Uprising," uh, which is the first like proper single, which is a bit more what you'd expect from the the first single, I would say, just is "Uprising." Just give me a little taste. So the first proper single, which you know, is is, is "Uprising." Yes, that's uh, true. August fourth. As a download, and then September seventh as an actual CD. So there's okay. a full month between those things. Why is that? Why would Are someone the do that? Still split. Well, put it this way: and Muse Wiki puts NA next to Uprising in terms of chart location. Okay, because it did so bad. So I don't know. Uh, the actual CD single. Where did it chart, Steve? The CD Uprising. single in the, the proper, proper CD charts, single. Pro- Uprising came fifth. Adam. Nine. It's nine. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I think that... A l- <laughs> I think... The only reason I'm saying that is because I think that Starlight was more than nine, and I think that Supermassive was higher than nine, and I think that this album lost a little bit of that fan base, and the new fan base for this album had yet to come on board. That was my thinking on that one. Also, singles. Your the brain works popular, so different. To also, mine, the things that are now popular. Also, things that are now popular as singles are not the same. Is slowly becoming less and less the same sort of music. Right? Yes, that's true. Muse will never have a top ten single again. Now, I don't think. And they never had a number one, right? I don't think they have. First band which, one, we which, like, which, like, which would have come closest? Yeah, that is the probably because Manix had a number one, didn't they? Manix had two. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. What would have come closest? How many did Muse? <laughs> Just sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what Muse single would have come the closest to being a number one. There was something around four, wasn't there? Yeah, I think Starlight, maybe. Starlight probably is the closest you're going to get. Like, maybe yeah. Supermassive Black Hole? Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, it is actually slightly interesting that Manix are a bigger singles band than Muse. But, but also Muse... they were. But also those number one singles were at a time when singles were a very different beast. Well, what I was just about to say is that um, they both released albums in 2007, Black Holes and Revelations and Send Away the Tigers. And Your Love Alone Is Not Enough got to number two, which is higher wow. than any uh, Muse single has got. But it's a, it's Muse's album sales far out ranked. Yeah, which, which one's playing fucking stadiums? Fucking yeah, okay. Well, it's <laughs> all right. Get uh, it. Actually, you actually, two guys, 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 stop actually, it. Because they're you, supporting Adam, Green I, Day. No, they're supporting Green Day at stadiums and they are still playing Adam, stadiums. Can you just, so. Adam, can you just back off the mic a little bit? Yeah, because well, if you can no, just like... A little bit touchy. The kind of last thing before we sort of get into the actual album is they on uh, so this so obviously uprising singles September seventh uh, on the on the uh, well I've got fourth and fifth of September but then I've, oh yeah on the fourth and fifth of September oh nine they play the Seaside Rendezvous Ooh. concerts this is Tinmouth which is Tinmouth they go home they go back to the town that didn't believe in them and. They wrote angry Matt songs wanted about to burn down, burn it, and then walk away from it, and then come back to burn and more burn of it down, some more. <laughs> kill uh, the surviving yeah, children. Did. So they did. 
they did a two-dayer on the Den, which is like the common, like the seafront common. Cool. Uh, the stage was like a big Punch and Judy sort of oh, style yeah, thing. Cool, like stage, yeah, cool. They basically like they basically like petitioned the council to uh, to allow it. So it was all they wanted it. It was them pushing for it, not Tenmouth or anything. Uh, and they like got the fans to show up at the council building on the day they were having like the meeting to like kind of show like Amazing. people want it to happen. And it was a really big event for the town. Like so, I went. I went to the first of the two nights. And the town shut. It's a tiny little town in Devon, yeah. so like a concert of that size is is. They do not have the the infrastructure to deal with that. No, uh, <laughs> it was it I've shut never the seen entire such a long queue at the fish and chip shop. It shut Good. the entire town down for a weekend. It was like a huge event. Uh, it was really cool. Sales through the roof. <laughs> yeah, through the fucking roof. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was like, and and they previewed. So obviously, the two of the songs were known at this point. Was Uprising in United States of Asia, and they played like. Five or six off the album. So they essentially oh, cool. did a homecoming gig to like launch the album, basically. Yeah, and yeah. like I meant, I got to hear some of the songs from the album prior to it releasing, which was quite fun. Did you, you look really smug when I, you said I went, that. I went, to the, I went to the, I went to the first day. So I actually went to this is fun. I Literally, went to the last yeah. gig of the Black Holes era, and I went to the first gig of the the Resistance era. That's cool. Oh, didn't that's skip interesting. it. Didn't skip a beat. Lovely. Didn't skip a beat. I went uh, to uh, this is slightly weird. I went to the first show of the Viva La Vida tour. Uh, Coldplay in in Chicago, and then I went to the last date of the Viva La Vida tour at Wembley Stadium in London. And how yes. far apart were they? A year and a half. Insane. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a really cool gig. It was like a cool, like it wasn't massive. It wasn't like a real. It was you know it was I don't know in terms of scale like how big it would have been. It was like arena I don't know. Like like the stage was probably the size of like your small festival. You know, like yeah. That doesn't help me at all. Like a West Ham. I'm trying to think about. Of uh, Glastonbury stages is a good shout in terms of size. Uh, pyramid, uh, not pyramid. No, <laughs> West Holtz maybe. Yeah, okay. maybe a West Holtz sort of yeah, size. I don't it. know. It's it's big enough. Yeah. I mean, it could just. Good of you to bring that up for the first time, Lucas. I, I, I wouldn't have. I don't think either me or I'm Steve would have come up with West Holtz as an example. West yeah, I reckon the West Holtz. Yeah. I mean, I could just look Great up the, the. I could just look up the 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 size of the gig in on MuseWiki live again, Good and it's night. also something you could have looked up before we were recording. I'm not going to do that. It's ten thousand people. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll 10, do it live. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so that it, it is cool, about but, uh, West Holtz. Yeah. What I thought was a lot of fun. Good was shout, the, Lucas. Like, really good. So that along the seafront, it's a coastal, you know, British seaside town. So you can imagine what sort of like the what West Holtz are like. Shut it's up. not. Obviously, the gig itself so had like the, the gig itself had obviously had like a wall around it for tickets, you know, for ticketed people to go to. Yeah, but there's people like on the roof of the pier, amazing, and like on buildings and stuff to watch it. It was all very like there were people cool. with flats who were like charging people a fiver. There literally was window. there yeah. was flats with balconies, <laughs> yeah. and there was just like groups of people. Obviously, they invited like their friends over, and they were watching the gig I bet from they their charged flat. Them. Ten Tenor to come stand on my balcony and watch and watch music yeah, in the yeah. distance. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a cool gig though. It was it was dece. Uh, <laughs> what a glowing review! De- and so uh, a yeah. dece from Lucas is yeah, is that's really like high. Out of and danger. then yeah. on September fourteenth, two thousand and nine, I've put black holes and revelations in my notes. That's not the name of the album. What they, Lucas just Lucas a reissue existence, but is now changing his notes. He's typing it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he yeah, has yeah, to. Because yeah, yeah. he he can't. He on needs to read. Se- they did a reissue on September of September fourteenth, two thousand and nine. The resistance is released everywhere. Wow. It's on Warner Brothers slash Helium Three. 
It's produced by Muse. It's 54 minutes and 13 seconds long. It's recorded between late 08 and mid 09. How many tracks is it? It's, I don't remember how many tracks it is. Uh, it's uh, it's 11 tracks long, cool. sort of. Uh, the the <laughs> sort artwork of. the artwork is done by Scott Bendel from La Boca Design Team. Mm. I like Good the artwork. Um, yeah. IMO. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Great. It Good features chat. a single single human trying to find his way through a kaleidoscope of multicolored hexagons in the infinite space. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's I what do I like thought, what it looks like, though. Actually. It looks cool. I like the design. I like all I like the colours. I like the colours. I like the shapes. It's yep. also quite 70s prog. I know that's not new for Muse, but it is, it is quite 70s prog, and I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> what <a> pathetic sneeze! <laughs> I tried to I'm hold in the sneeze in. and it came I'm out. As... That in. <laughs> <laughs> it came out as. Oh, I'm very sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, and the album comes out. Uh, mm. Thoughts? Well, what, general. What were you up to in your life when this came out? So I was. Uh, well, what is this? This is 2009. So On I your was back in a mate's room. Oh yeah, I ruined your... your eyes closed. I ruined your listening, yeah. didn't I? But no, you didn't ruin it. You didn't ruin it. Uh, but yeah, we we did like the same as the black holes. We did like, a, but this one's talking about black holes was like the hype, the peak. Right. So bear in mind at this point, uh, it's 2009. So I've gone to uni, Lucas, as have Lucas. most of my, as of all my friends of worth. Um, <laughs> did I smoke jazz cabbage with you when we listened? Um, we uh, so, but the thing is, like the the, you know, people's music tastes often change when they go to uni. They meet new people. They get you know, in, uh, you know introduced to new things uh so i definitely felt like the, for this one the hype was a lot less with my sort of friendship and my sort of community around me like anything to do with the music that you had heard from it like what was your reaction to united states of eurasia and united states Uprising? of eurasia i really was i was a taken aback by the by parts of it queen yeah uh but i generally really liked it and was like this sounds like a muse song that yeah. i was less positive about because for the same reasons we talked about, I mean, we'll get into it when we cover the track in a minute, but for the same sort of reasons as, you know, your your time is running out, I was like, it's a pretty it's pop standard music. pop rock yeah. song. Uh, fairly uninteresting. Did it ever flash into your mind like that usual thing of, oh no, they sold out and I might not like this anymore? That sort, that sort of, that must have, I know that you love them, but there must have been a point where you were like, oh no. Well, you know Uprising I mean? came after United States Eurasia, though, which isn't like that. Yeah. So, so you knew that, that there uh, were potentially like fine. two modes on And the, okay. I'd heard all about this fucking 15 minute space prog thing they were going to do on the album. Well, they yeah. weren't doing that, Lucas. Well, I, I don't know where it went. I don't know why, I don't know why they didn't release it, but Keep I'd heard about it. So at least, bits, please. I at least thought they were going to do it, you know, <laughs> even if it didn't turn out to be true. Unless they're talking about I Belong to You, but I just can't think of how that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, no. So maybe if, if if it just been uprising and I hadn't heard anything else, it would have been a bit more like yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, no, that- bear in mind, I also went. I also went to the Suicide Rendezvous gig. Oh, course, and heard yes. five of the songs. So there was also that. Oh to yeah, go off. yeah. So you'd heard like half the album before it came out, which yeah, is standard that's practice thing I'd, I'd, these but days. But obviously, I'd, I'd heard it once. And, yeah, yeah. But then actually, I think because I'd seen the the shows myself. I my rule for myself was I'm allowed to listen to the like bootleg of the recording of that gig. Of course. 
because I've because uh, that was it was broadcast on BBC, so there was like at least a pro shot quality version of it's, those songs. It's just jogging your memory. It's just jogging my memory of the songs, yeah, just right? Like a little memory jog. Jog your mem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another thing they did at that gig, which is quite fun, was they played the song Popcorn. In their <laughs> they, they covered <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Weird yeah. choice. And that was the gig where I talked about it before, where they did a jazz version of Cave. Oh, are we covering this gig at all? I feel like we should um, be covering this gig. Well, I just, I still don't, we haven't really talked about what best meeting on air. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to cover for the resistance, like DVD or, you know, live bit, because there isn't any, any official release. No, but there's so some could, pro shot stuff, right? There's an we arena could do a ma- We could do like, we could like do like a mix of like Seaside Rendezvous, a bit of the resistance tour. We could do a little mashup. If you want to edit something together, that's fine. Yeah. As long as our listeners can listen to it, can like watch along, yeah. How yeah. though, without me putting it online, well, which is bootlegging? Right. So I'm saying, like, there are bootlegs, bootlegs on YouTube of like an arena show from the Resistance. Find a good YouTube show. It's not a bootleg. That's people... a pro shot. There's one in Seattle, which is like legit. Find a good YouTube, right, so and then people that. can just watch along. Just click play yeah. and watch. Then we can't watch. <laughs> I just remembered I have neighbours. <laughs> The TV show on DVD. But Good. I'm also still at this what? point. This is still, you know, bear in mind, this is coming off of the back of of the of Muse at their at their height of their powers, in my opinion. And they're silliest, maybe. Like, so I'm definitely. So I'm definitely like, bang up for it because yeah. I'm, you know, it's the. Yeah, it's the it's next the nineties. Chill out. But yeah, uh, as we did a little listening party, you know, we all had some. Had some naughty cigarettes. Did we? Did I do laid in my uni in my uni living room and and listened to the album? The thing is, Steve, you were there. Do you have any memory of this? No, I think I did too many naughty cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I do. I even remember that that your uni house and where I was in the room after you've like talked about it. Um, It was weirdly in my uni house, which is rare because we always used to hang out next door. Which, but we actually hung out of mine for once. Well, I rarely hung out with you, so (laughs) good. No, it wasn't. Uh, that wasn't. A, that wasn't a bit. I, I I just rarely came to visit you in uni, right? So like that was quite rare that I would be there anyway. But um, yeah, we we listened to this. I don't remember the experience of listening to it, but I know it happened. I definitely remember feeling a slight tinge of like. There's a little part of me that was like, I've invited I wish the wrong Stephen people. Quinn, I wish Stephen Quinn weren't here. Yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Because I kind of could feel the like they probably would rather just be spend the next next hour like shooting the shit or whatever yeah. like yeah. just hanging out yeah. whereas instead it was like me and ed and gorman and a couple other friends were like had pla- like we're gonna go to my uni house we're gonna get baked and we're gonna listen to resistance you know what? i genuinely they were still, remember they were still being... into it enough that even though they'd yeah maybe their muse fandom was starting to dip but then at this point this is still when i i was still going to muse gigs with a group of people i remember there's no longer um... me and whatever girlfriend i can coerce to come into the gig <laughs> at that point there was it's still like when i went to the resistance tour and the obviously like the stadium gigs and whatever that we'll get into i was still going there with like 10 people it yeah. just wasn't the 20 people i was going with for the last yeah, album fair. Um, and like my uni friends were like, there's a couple of uni friends that were quite into them. So like, it was still, the hype was still there. It was still up enough. So what's your general thoughts of the album now? Is it all just like drenched in the nostalgia? Is it dripping? We'll wait for final thoughts. No, I mean, this is where the, for a lot of people, this is where Muse go, right? So this is where we might as well get to Adam. Is where were you at this point? And how, what was your like relationship with this album when it came out before i do anything else i would like to point out and have it stated for the record that i have 
messaged Lucas privately twice in the run-up to this album. The first time was to say that this album is putting me in a very difficult position. Hmm? And, and I, threw out a prediction. <laughs> I, put, I threw out a prediction as to what that would be. Did yeah. I tell you what my prediction no, was? No, you didn't. No. So what's your prediction? Or do you want to wait my till predi- the end? No, no, no. My prediction is that you, on a couple of occasions, said... Um, you dissed that on Absolution that they put things like intro and interlude as separate tracks because you thought that was them being like cheap and selling out and making it as easy to listen to as possible by making those skippable. Right. And they've done the opposite on this where they've put collateral damage at the end of a song and they put in the middle of a song. Amazing. And, and, he wishes they and I, did. But, but, I think, but I think you're going to moan about the fact that they're in the song even though that is completely right. contrary to what your whole point was before. Right. Okay, so what I should have Put is this is putting me in a very difficult position philosophically uh, maybe because yeah so i won't spoil whether or not you're right but you're wrong or physically um, literally and literally, i also, physically you were like a yeah, really was, awkward right yeah. angle you? yeah <laughs> i also texted you a few days ago to let you know that i had made up my mind and my notes you put your notes done. in and they're, they're locked you're yeah. not gonna reconsider so we're gonna put a pin in both of those things uh i jumped off in 2009 the gap between 2007 2009 like you lucas um, I went to university, I'd gone travelling, my music taste had somewhat evolved beyond, uh, you know, just R.E.M., Radiohead and Muse and like angsty, angsty out-rock, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, it's much more electronic. This is the peak of me being into dubstep, I would say, 2009. This is also some of the peak of you being into Radiohead, I imagine, because this is off the back of In Rainbows. And yes, although you 2009 did, I, like... is a lull year for them. When was the whole thing with the newspaper? That's 2011. Oh, okay, it's a bit later then. Because yeah. I remember that being a particularly Adam Radiohead moment. Ooh la la. Anyway. Ooh, la, um... la. We'll get to that in season 12. <laughs> Is it Do do You Radio? Head. Head? <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, continue. So it was more, I was very much more on like the, because I went to uni in London as well and the dubstep scene was huge in London, especially around like the release of Burial and thinking of things like Scream and stuff like that. I'm not thinking of stuff like Skrillex. Scream came out off. years ago, and the soundtrack to that sounds nothing like Deb's Dub Dub Brilliant. Oh, and someone cool. note down a Scream bonus episode really quickly. I mean... Um, so, so at that point in my life, what am I going to do with a big stadium pop album? Not but Was there not pop. even like an element of like, or I... I that, obviously, at that point, you hadn't gone off Absolution yet. So yeah. was there not an element of like, what, those those last three albums I really liked and I really enjoyed 100%. Muse. So surely 100%. you must have at least had a level of excitement for this album. 100%. And then I heard United States of Eurasia. Right. <laughs> and it just encapsulated all of the things that I wasn't keen on in Muse. And do you know what? Stuff that I used to be keen on that I was no longer keen on because of my evolving like music tastes. And also, I don't think that the record is a huge leap forward from Black Holes and Revelations. Uh, which at the time it's them upping the silly ante a bit yeah more, but so it doesn't time, go massively uh, different I, I was thinking like okay this is this is a mixture of stuff that i don't like and stuff that's just more of the same mm. those were my sort of but i know uh, you do like uprising into. so mm. oh unless you change his mind so you're not going to tell us what your difficult position is then no not until the end of the episode the well, the end of the well, next episode, or the episode after that. Part, we don't know. Four. <laughs> so, Steve, I'm guessing you don't really have any context to this, except from you've now discovered I, later that you actually listened to it 
uh, uh, yeah, what a revelation! A, in, in absolute silence, what a black hole and revelation. I, there's a little joke for the fans. <laughs> only the fan, you, only the fans will get that. Only the movie fans will get being, that. I remember you being quite positive at the time, but obviously I don't know how much that's just like I was so fucking stoned. I remember this being uh, potentially a contentious, uh, not issue. I don't want to say that. I remember debates being had between Adam and Will in our band. This is height of our band, right? 2009? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember you guys talking about this album a lot. So it was a lot of third party. I was hearing other people's opinions, which if you've ever listened to this podcast, that will form my own. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I was aware that it was divisive at the time. Um, and that's about it. Um, in terms of just like general thoughts of now, like this album, I, I, I struggled. So I this is the hardest album I've had to review on the podcast. Like it genuinely took some time to work out my overall, overall opinion on mm, same like yeah. do what do i love this or do i hate it or like genuinely like up until a week ago i don't really think i'd formed any kind of opinion on which is same. insane i have no right it's obviously very overblown and it's the ultimate example of of matt or muse not knowing when to hold back and to keep adding and that that totally tracks with the fact that they were he they were producers right they didn't have a producer. Yeah. now what i'm going to say now is that for this episode and the subsequent six episodes that we're going to do on The Resistance, <laughs> is that I'm going to make a point of picking out stuff I do like more, because the reason why is because I, I rated Absolution fairly high, considering like the, the shit I apparently gave it, right? And I think because I rate high, I think I should probably try and talk about the stuff I like a bit more. I know it what sounds you're talking, What you're saying is you, you, on the Absolution episode, perhaps focused on the things you didn't like and didn't necessarily give enough thought on to, or mention of the things that you did still like. Yes. And then I was like, but I really, it was fine, six out of ten. Like, but so. Yeah. But so I just wanted to, yeah. Greatest hits. What I'm having with Chris. So I just want to see more balanced. I will say that at the top of this episode now. Maybe. I just want to know what Adam's like personal dilemma is. <laughs> so what? So what Adam's Steve in a philosophical saying, position. Steve, Steve is saying that he's gonna um, say something. The, he's positive. saying he's gonna give the album a six out of ten, and he he wants to give it a more positive bent. No, he's, he's he's saying he's gonna say something positive about every single song, but give it a one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna do the opposite. Yeah, uh, I but, actually, so I actually haven't written down a score for this album yet. Me neither, because I've I'm gonna I'm gonna see how I feel after talking about it. I mm. don't because I don't know. I have, it but it's not. Locked. What did I? But ahead of time, what did I give Showbiz a six? Yes. Okay. Mental. Okay. Um, so, but what are like your general thoughts? Like, like, like the album, not how you listened to it back then, and not what your eventual score will be. What are some of the defining characteristics of this album to you guys? It's they, they, complex. They, it, they just mm. do a lot of stuff. There's so There's much. Stuff. Uh, I would say this is definitely the start of. I'll get into it when we get to the relevant tracks, but this is probably the the start of the. The part where the best songs on Muse albums are not the rock songs anymore. Okay. okay. I think that's going to become a, a trend now. Well, I, I am out. The, the... Stay tuned to Mike Steve's highlights when we pick the one rock song on this album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think we I think we're going to start to get to the point now where the rock songs feel like 
same old but not as good as interesting like, the, like, the likes of fucking hysteria and stockholm syndrome and mute and newborn and stuff like that Muse right. born. and the and then there's the and then there's the poppy ones that have grown on me more as i've gotten older as i've been like less close-minded about what i like because there's bear in mind this is just there's probably still a little bit of the like well, actually, probably not at this point. Because we talked on the last episode about like the whole like when you're younger, and it's like I listen to rock music. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah. I don't dance this poppy pop music. I can't hear but a I don't guitar think actually, on this track. But I don't think that was the case by the time this album came out. Because by the time this album came out, I was at uni and I was listening to like electronic music and things like that. Yeah, but maybe I'm... still not. But maybe still not pop music. Is this a rock album? But everyone's no, talking about really, is it? pop music. But I still don't oh, think at this point I'm giving the time of day to pop. Like I still don't like now. If fuck like, Steve. yeah. Do you want to just fuck? Yeah, I'll off, fuck off. Like. <laughs> I fucked myself. Early. I'm gonna fuck off now. Yeah, but in general, like, yeah, it's them doing a lot of stuff with some real mixed bag results, and there's some highlights and some lowlights. But it's definitely the, I just we have on. entered we have entered that second half of the career that people now talk about. Yeah, sure. And 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 this is where people lose. This is where Muse lose some fans i think and it's but it's also where they gain some more because they pick up the radio one audience here and they pick up the american audience yes that's they start time. to pick up the my girlfriend audience <laughs> ah okay is that is this when she got into them and is this around the time she uh, got into them? maybe not this one maybe the next next one but, uh, but are her favorite albums more the later Absolutely. albums than the earlier yes. albums which is interesting yeah. she doesn't Absolutely. dislike she doesn't dislike all that stuff but it doesn't like and, doesn't and, dislike and, the earlier stuff, but is absolutely a, a second half. And if Stan. you look at like you know like like R slash Muse, there's constantly like people put up a poll of like best Muse album and what's your age or where are you from and what's yes. your favorite Muse. And there is a definite. I'm American and I got into Muse around the Resistance or the Second Law, and I'm and I'm uh, well now in their twenties, but at the time I was sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's like, well, I mean, let, the Twilight crowd is part of it. That will have been a thing. That's very extent. true. Yeah, this is the second Twilight film that they appear in, right? Supermassive was third. Now, Supermassive, uh, well, well, bear in mind the Twilight films came out five films in less than five years. So five films in two, less than five years. What yeah, it? it was part one two and two. Fi- yeah, Breaking Dawn. Come two on. films off of two songs off of this album cycle were on a Twilight film. So I belong to use on Twilight New Moon, and. Obviously, the the one we'll get to Neutron Star sing- Collision. Neutron Star Collision to, yeah. is on yeah. is 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 like a featured song for Eclipse. Right. I've just okay. I've just finished watching all five Twilight I, films. Shush, how were they? Let's get to it at the end of this Resistance thing. Okay. Uh, it's going to come I've up, got right? Some thoughts. I right. have got some thoughts. Let's Twilight. hear Luke's I've never Twilight watched them before. At the end of the Resistance coverage, I'm I've never I'm, I've never watched them before, so I was curious. The thing that stood out on my re-listen uh, to me is that it seems as though Bellamy's uh, focus on this album far more than previous albums was melody because everything like every instrument adds a melody to the mix rather than simply rhythm um or tone and bellamy's lyric uh, lyrics uh, uh, i didn't mean to say lyrics because lyrics are fucking awful his melodies <laughs> on this album are really cool and i find i find myself humming a lot of these songs uh, because they're quite catchy so he's um, become more. He's maybe become more, uh, more of a songwriter that is in tune with the pop, like pop. Yeah, pop exactly, sensibilities. exactly. But I think that that sometimes that sometimes comes at the expense of lyrics and interesting songwriting. Yeah, you know and I mean? this is definitely the start of like, as they become less of a rock band. I feel, I feel, uh, I feel bad for Chris. I feel like. <laughs> 
this is where bass as a lead instrument really starts to stop being a thing for Muse and it yeah. bums me out. Like even on like the Rocky ones, so we'll get to like like a natural selection. Well, no, I don't think any of them that, have trumpets that, and like um, sort of the bass is on and off. If Unnatural Selection was was a, was a song from 2003, shut up. If Unnatural Selection was a song from 2003 or 2001, Ropes. the bass would be like really fuzzy and, and like as loud Turn as the lead buckles. guitar. I agree with you, Lucas. I agree. If Unnatural Selection was written in 2003 or like whatever, it would the bass would be yeah. It would be almost like almost slightly louder than the guitar. Instead now, and this and and it kind of never really comes back. Like obviously, there's there's different things they start doing with the bass on this album, but they rock the rock really starts going away. Well, it's a more traditionally sort of pop album, isn't it? And we've said the word pop so many times already, but it's definitely this album is a bid to be more popular they are stadium songs and even the like the harder heavier moments are a lot more shiny and less chaotic than they have been in the past i also think that the album in general is like all over the place in terms of genre and tone well i'll say this right now it's surprising this album exists (laughs) why why because it's fucking insane Yeah, I mean, but, but I, I mean, yeah. Obviously, there's there's two ways of looking at it. There's like, cool, they throw lots of ideas out there, and they go like, I want to make a silly stadium, like really anthemic stadium song, All right? I want to do like an orchestral thing, All right? I want to do some weird fucking vampy fucking thing, All right? And then it's like, cool, we'll just do it. But obviously, that does come at the expense of a of a consistent. Like, but let me tell you this now: does the does the artwork not reflect that? Because it's oh, lots of different colours and shapes. Oh. And, and we'll get to that even more with the second law. But they really start doing like a. Uh, if they've got an idea, they'll do it and they'll stick it on the album. Okay. But this is what Steve was saying, like alluding to earlier, is that they produced themselves, and so the whole album is almost like an improv session where everyone's just going yes and. Yeah, like let's do now, this. Uh, yes, uh, and yeah. let's do it's, this. It, it's uh, interesting that there's this. all these different styles and all these different things, which you'd think would be something that would come from if they'd done what they said they were going to do, which was just release and record songs when they fancy, because then there wouldn't be as much thought about them being an album. It's just like, well, one month they one month they did Uprising, and then another month they fancied doing Our Natural Selection, another one they fancied doing I Belong to You, but yeah, they didn't I do that. So that was as a series of standalone releases, actually. But they yeah. didn't. That's the thing. They talked about it, but then they actually got in the studio spent a load of months there recorded a load of songs and released them as an album but i'll yeah. say this now is that he's gonna say it and i'm, just I'm, say I'm gonna steve. i'll say it it's your podcast mate say what you like it's my podcast it is it is it is you're a guest on our podcast I'm and a you guest can just your say it. i'll just say it <laughs> and so, just get, no, so I'll, it. just give me a, just give me a minute i'll say it um he's gonna say it in three two one and then say, say it, it. Just say it. Oh wait, are we doing it on one, or is it just on the beat when after, I just say, just on say the beat after, after one, one? You say it. Say it. So I forgot one, actual point. Two, two, three. I forgot beat, and then you say it. Yeah, say I've it when actually I forgot beat. what I was going to say. Okay, so should we start the album then? But I feel like Steve is going to make a good point, but he's forgotten. No, it, he's so forgotten. Point. So let's. <laughs> should we move no, on? No, I've got should it. We... Okay, good. I was going to say it. Right. Shut up, do it before you forget it again. <laughs> is that um, this does seem like an album. 
to me. This doesn't seem like a collection of songs. No, no, shut your no, fucking see, mouth. I, I, can't, I kind of feel the exact opposite. Of we waited that get... long for you to say this is an album. <laughs> <laughs> By news. No, it, to me, this does feel like it's got a consistent theme. Actually, yeah. And, I feel like and actually, songs do flow into each other, especially just, certain I, songs. Is that it, I am... It's got an overall vibe, like an overall, yeah, am, it's yeah. not a collection of songs, which I felt that Absolution was more of just some stuff. I'm now flicking through the track list and I'm actually going to just, just take back everything I just said about it sounding like a bunch of songs. But Great. it's a bit of both. It does sound like a bunch of songs, but yes, there is also like, there is some definite bits that go together. Like Obviously an album. The end of the album. Obviously the end of the album is very much like a whole thing. What we've discussed, we've been discussing the general feel of the album for about 15, 20 minutes now. And which what is we've more than like learned, any other album. We've actually we've given all, this a lot you, of discussion You say discussion that every episode. Uh, what we've learned from uh, this discussion is that this is an album. This is an album, and that album is made up of a collection of songs. It is. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got there. Right. Should we do so, the resistance? Uh, not the resistance. Shall the we album, play the resistance? Should we do that? Just play it. That's over very that. good. So Adam, you really like this song, don't you? Or have you now changed your mind? I always had this in my head as like a real highlight, similar to sort of Starlight, you know, like a big pop banger. But actually, I think it's just sort of, it's okay. It's it's actually, there was more production to it in my mind. And actually, getting back to it, it's pretty sparse and a bit repetitive which I, I I really like the first half, right, maybe. But the second half is just the first half again. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't mind it. It's autumn it song. It just feels sort of like too long. Do you know what I mean? Can I, cha- can I change your mind? Yeah. 
It's the only but new where, song where? to use the to use the open G guitar tuning, which is D G D G B E. And now so, I love it. And now you love <laughs> it. And now and it's gonna my get favourite song. Yeah, but and you're open... gonna get "They Will Not Control Us" tattooed on your tits. Yeah, but also oh, op- <laughs> open G, like that's like the easiest thing to play, isn't it? Because you can just it's play one of them because it's an open, and then yeah, you can just maybe just put chord. one finger on and it's a different chord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fine. Like open D that's is fine. the same. Open C. You know, you tune it to a chord so that you can strum open. That's fine. Doesn't do anything. That's fine. That's fine, guys. It's fine. Um, I have like a bunch of clips that sort of coalesce together into one sort of major point. But I've split right. the clips up. And into the first songs. one's going to be the Doctor Who theme tune. There it is. <laughs> Knew it. So, I, yeah, mean, I mean, the most, yeah, yeah the most obvious comparison which was made in every single fucking publication at the time yeah but everyone everyone like would doctor make it who. as if it was their own thing like guys yeah i think uh, it's actually the noticed? doctor who <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah no yeah um but that's they must have they must have been going for that right like there's Surely. no way you don't know the doctor that who. does not yeah give me any negatives to the song whatsoever because no fine, me neither cool. why not uh, there's a clip of them in the studio where they're doing it, and the sound is much more the the, the that. No, I'm now doing Doctor Who. How's it go? How's it go? I'm literally doing Doctor Who. In my head. No, that's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? And it's a much more like it's like it's not a the Beach Casio. Boys, Adam. <laughs> it's like a much more like Casio keyboard level. Level like space synth noise, where it's like a Beach Boy style cover of Doctor Who. Yeah. That so what? Because it was more. It was more who. It's it's no. It's literally like right. Like really yeah. like shit. And I'm very glad they didn't go with that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. Like I, said, I mean, I kind of already said it. It's like a, it's it's just it's fight a fine pop rock song. People go. People enjoy it live. It's all right. Uh, it's yeah. fine. Adam, yep. gonna, it's gonna. Uh, how many clips did you have for this Ten. song? Oh, one. Just, just for this. Oh, okay. Song. But it's gonna, oh, it's gonna okay. all culminate, right? Okay. Fine. It's gonna all coalesce into this yeah. grand point. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like lyrically, it's very surely, Adam. You've got some stuff to say about the lyrics. They're shit. <laughs> They're shit. <laughs> they will not control us. It's Who like he's just it's picked just, up it's a rhyming they. dictionary. It's they. Yeah, it's, it's they. the they. It's the they's. Fat cats have a heart attack is a low point in this song, in his career, and in this podcast. <laughs> fat cats, you don't like fat cats had a heart attack. No, it's like he swallowed seems... a rhyming dictionary. Well, the fat cats had a heart attack. It's time Awful. the fat cats. It's time the big rich boys. <laughs> which is they do. Which is them I've at this said point. this. I've said this. They do this with every album now. The last one was "You'll Burn in Hell for Your Sins." This one's the fat cats have a heart attack. The next one says, "Kill yourself, do us all a favor." I like one after, burn in hell they, for your sins. They do. They do one on each album now, where they're like, "You fucking fuck you, you fucking fuck you, fucking suck them." Uh, so this, this, it's like the G. This the, the, I said about the G twenty protests happen. That's like what influenced the song. Like the pro, like there's a lot of protesting stuff. Okay. Obviously, there was the like, yeah, just 
this was a time right where there was a lot of people kicking off, which has never really stopped. So it's uprising, gotcha. Like uh, they wanted to sound, they wanted to sound, they wanted like football hooligans chanting like it was a bunch of protesters, hey, like oi, hey, yeah, uh, hey, not oi. That's just the that's oi. Hmm. It's oi. Is it? It's definitely oi. Do we have to listen? Or? Yeah. Oi. You know what? You know what? It's oi. Hooray. No, you know what? It's oi. It is oi. It's oi. Yeah, yeah, yeah it fair. Oi. Yeah. I like it more yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> that's not even yeah. a joke. The what do you think cl- of the song? The clicks and the claps are done in a toilet. <laughs> well, they have played in all Important of them. Important context. The rest of the song, the rest of the song works to spoil it. Yeah. They've played in all of them, so they know which one has the good acoustics. It's that's them right. just going... In this, in the toilet. Yeah. That, do you know so, that's called a Philip? <laughs> I learned Steve, that. And I you, forget so, Steve, you're from. being quite positive. Do you like this song then? First off, the bass sound is so good. Yes, what I said about the bass being not yeah, an instrument. This is what I was going to say. Quite it starts chunky, off, this one's got quite a chunky it, bass. It starts off with the bass. That's the whole start of the album. So I was well, no, actually, it starts off with a ray. Um, um, yeah, but that's an exception. Yeah, there's the there's the the they's and Very the Doctor they. Who thing, blah 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 blah. But I don't mind Uprising. It's like a right. I'll say it's a it's a proper tight song, which at this point I'm really grateful for. And especially by the end of the album, I'm like I'm so grateful that they've got this. What is it? What's how long is it? It's like song. It's song five length. minutes. Is it's it? still not sure. It's, it's not too sure. Long. Yeah, it's, it's too, too long. long. It, 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 it's too long. It's five minutes three. I've literally got it written on my, uh, my well, screen. Although weirdly, one of the shorter songs on the album. Yeah. They're all quite long. Adam, when you say it's too long, though, would it make you feel better to know that live they've got an extended outro for this song? It does make me feel better. Yeah. And actually, the extended <laughs> outro, I, I actually think, is a lot better. Oh, really? It's cool. Well, it's like that John Cage slash Stuart Lee thing where if something is boring for four minutes, do it for eight if it's boring for eight minutes, do it for sixteen because it was. It will come back round. Again. It will come back. Yeah. yeah. Now, what it seems to be, they're trying to squeeze in the singles and the and the songy songs at the start before Matt Bellamy just gets his dick out and masturbates all over the album. <laughs> yeah, but I quite like That's Uprising. It. Yeah, you've described a Muse album. <laughs> oh, but not like this, Adam. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> not like this. Uh, not like not this. Like not like this. Not like this. Is is uprising where your enjoyment begins and ends? Like, are we already getting on? Like, on the next track, are we already getting into territory that you're not that fussed about? Me? Yeah. No. Why don't we get to that? And we get to the next track. Yeah. Well, because I'm interested. I like Lucas. Consistent. What do you think of the uprising? <laughs> I think it's fine. Yeah, like it's like I said, it's like it's like time is running out. It's not as good as time is running out though. But it's that pop rock song that like the thing that annoys me now i mean i've said this on every fucking episode that like my my slant when i'm I'm thinking and talking about music is always about the live show yeah and so when i think of this song i think please don't play this and time is running out and let's get to one of the ones on later albums sure like i don't want four tight pop rock singles in the gig fine put in one maybe two but like when the whole set starts, well, they to get will though, won't like they? This. Because the majority of Muse fans, 
Yeah. I know, but I don't want that. Oh, I <laughs> want them to play. Have you written to all them? of Exogenesis? That's that's like news. me, Lucas. That's that's like me with Mannix, isn't it? At the end of the last season, I was saying, okay, I've heard you stole the sun from my heart forty-five times or something. Like, give me a life becoming a landslide. You know, yeah, you want yeah. the weirder stuff in. That's just the the the, the relationship. You know, as as a big fan of something, you have to have uh, you have to have with them because they're going to want to please. Yeah, you know, like know, Steve said, eighty percent of that stadium. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, this is the song where there's the fucking brilliant clip of them playing it on the Italian TV show, which we're definitely going to tweet at some point because yes. everyone wants to see it because it's <laughs> the know, funniest yeah. thing in the what world. Go on, tell us. It's them. It's 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 them playing, but they're told to mime, which they right. never take kindly to, and so they swap. And so it's oh, Dom. Nice. It's Dom on bass and lead singer. Love it. <laughs> he had sunglasses on, on, right? Yeah, he's got sunglasses cool. on. It's Matt on drums and it's Chris on keyboards and guitar and Matt's guitar. But Matt is hamming it up on the drums. He's like he's like not playing it for half of it. And then at the end, Dom does an interview as Matt. Love that. He's like Matt, and he's like, and he's like, and he like, he like talks about like, oh, our our drummer Dom over there, and like points at Matt, and it's like the whole. It's a great bit. That is very very funny. Naughty little boys. It's the best thing to come out of this song. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, they bef- uh, they uh, it's been played at, like every gig. So this is what I say about like over. This is one of the ones where it will be played at literally every single gig. This was like, from, like a this is a huge the absolute exceptions of like the Shepherd's Bush by request gigs and things like that will be like right. the only exception. And when they played live in China in 2015 because it was deemed too politically dangerous to perform. Yes, interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah, you can't do any sort of anti what the fuck did they play take your badges you off anti-government and... stuff yeah but you can be like there's ones that like yeah if you look into it but on the surface they can probably get away with can't they but sure. like this one's literally like protest lyrics yeah that's true take your badges uh, off um, and do your show and catch the next train to moscow yeah deep it's a cats. but that's uh, that's fine yeah uh, green belts wrapped around our minds an endless red tape to keep the truth confined. Well, I get that bit. Not what's the race. red? What's the green belts? Like karate. Green belts is uh, uh, an Aldous Hux an, an Aldous Huxley novel called Brave New World. You're saying so, that like it's not one of the most famous books ever written. Mm, I've never read it. Same. So, <laughs> um, then again, I don't know how to read. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it's a book about. I, I don't know. I'm probably going to butcher it, but uh, apparently they like give people lots of like like surface level stimuli to kind of keep them kind of docile and like not thinking about which probably oh, so it's very nice what's happening in the real world as well because we're too distracted with our bloody, bloody phones. that's why it that's why it's a classic book because it was so prescient and also yeah. so well written so so it's another similar to 1984 kind of yeah, uh, yeah. big 1984 government. and brave new world are often held in the same sort okay, of okay yeah. cool sphere, and 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 women are made to wear a green mouth Thusian belt, which is basically a contraceptive belt okay. that they would wear. Right. Mm. And so it's something to do with that, I guess. Right. It's nice that he's minds. getting those literary references into, you know, a big pop single. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's just not that he hasn't done it in a in a in a in a way that's not clumsy. It's not if you tolerate this, your children will be next. But isn't it, it? but it is it's also not hit me baby one more time. You know what I mean? Isn't it? Like it, it does cut the difference between those two things. I think. Yeah, fair. 
Uh, yeah, just. Right. I actually think that it shouldn't have opened the album. Yeah, it's not a great. I mean, I've always said, you know, I think big open a big closer. I think this album certainly got the big closer. Yeah, you don't like when uh, they start with just a, a track, right? I don't like when they start with just like yeah, just a song, yeah. just a song. But then I don't looking through the track list. Oh well, I think the next one is is the opener. For you me. open with resistance, yeah. or maybe you open with United States of Eurasia. No, you open with the resistance. That's not the name. Resistance. Of the song. The song is called Resi- Resistance. Oh, so sorry. Well, let's hear a little you. bit of it. How so it's that? not the title oh, track again. Imagine this as as the opener, though. I love the bass yep. line. I fucking love the synths. It's a really good song brought down by fucking dog shit lyrics. Mmm. Yeah. And and some vocal patterns. Some of his most, like, just, oh, they're just such fucking weak lyrics, really winds me up. But you it could be wrong. Really pay attention to lyrics. But it couldn't be no, but right. They're, but, they're so, but they're so blatantly <laughs> just. Just cheese ball bad. Aren't These they? cut like through to your, uh, yeah. to your brain as being wow. bad. But like, like the synths are really cool. The the bass, I really like the the drum rhythm. The t- I mean, yeah. Imagine this is the opening of the album, though. No, I do completely agree. You are completely right. I think that makes for a that would have been great. Yeah. The bass lines, fucking, are great. Well, really cool. Also, the very crystal clear piano over it. And I know we've mentioned it already. This episode, one of my clips. One of my clips. It's New Year's Day again. It's New Year's Day again. Right? You can tell that they're going after that sort of uh, of style. Is New Year's Day the most influential song of our generation? It might be. (laughs) It might be. I I mean, mean, surely you two are one of the most influential acts of of our generation. Me or Luke? Their sheer size. Uh, it's very good, Steve, because I said you too. I yeah. can't wait to do a whole season of that joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, yeah, I just I, like the parts of it are really, really great. Just, just those, just that chorus is just cheap. I have another. It, it could be wrong, could be wrong, but it could have been. No, right. it's actually love is our reason. Yeah, love that, is our reason. Mar- is particularly Mariah bad. Carey would sing those lines. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, I have another clip, and it the, the, the connection. So, so my clips are little musical connections that I've made in my brain, and they're not always like, oh, this part sounds exactly like from another song and they've ripped it off it's just there is a little flavor of something in in this in 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 in, a, in this clip versus whatever song i play it next to and and it's unlocked pieces of the album for me and this one unlocked this song for me and i think it kind of speaks to what they were going for uh for the whole album Let, let's have a little listen i'll play i bet this is fucking hilarious i'll play a little bit of of the clip from the muse song to compare it to the clip from another song that I've picked. That bass line. It's the same. <laughs> yeah. That one is exactly yeah. the same. So that it could be wrong, could be tell wrong. Me more, You're tell getting, me tell more. Tell me more. Tell me more. So it's Did- musical theater. It's telling a story. There, is, there is a chorus in the background. There is a call and response in this song. Yeah, there is a far more musical theater song later. I swear, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's all over the album. This whole album yeah. is musical theater yeah and i think and do you like very... that about it or do you not like that about I it i quite like it yeah i like that about <laughs> it. <laughs> i quite like this song uh it's very cheesy but i think they're going for cheesy and there is nothing cheesier than love is our resistance yeah no i i, I, I yeah i said the lyrics are bad but like i do really like this song i really like the musicianship of this song i really like the instrumental the lyrics mm. just that bit cheese bag I for me i think that's where i am on a lot Most of muse. the album which yeah. is the musicianship here is great oh but yeah you know the 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 underlying there's not a lot of depth to it there's a lot of breadth and not a lot of depth yeah you talk about musicianship and and uh, there's a really fun i mean you've adam you said you like watching behind the scenes and i imagine you'll then go and watch the behind the scenes of the recording of this one now we've done the episode well i watched a little clip in, in uh, preparation there the the uh there's a clip of chris playing the bass part for this and he's like he just like because he's so because he's such a fucking like perfect bass man he's a perfect he's man a perfect he just, like, bass man he does he, really he literally like he literally like does it he like he like does it in one take and then they just go cool that's done and matt like turns the camera and goes like it's one take wonder chris there he's just done <laughs> just like yep yeah, it's perfect you've nailed it continue or is that i mean that's one way of looking at it or is it because he had to he then had to go and like that was start drinking now can i ask yeah. about um, the very start of the song sure that is a very famous bit of music right i gen i genuinely didn't research it because i thought one of you might clock it but uh, isn't that the bit in platoon uh, I, when he's like got his arms in the air you think it's adagio for strings yeah i think Are yeah there's sure quite a few not? bits where he has there is bits where he has oh ripped it uh, off yeah, there's, it, it, it definitely happens. I mean, I later genuinely on we'll thought it was it with, a sample. Let's have a quick we'll listen. Let's have a quick listen. He's done a dash over strings a few times at this point. Yeah, like he loves similar. it. Dash over strings on every album. 
So an adagio of a strings similar goes mm-hmm. goes um. It's basically that. So it's quite similar. Yeah, it's similar. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. are only twelve notes, though. Do you know what I mean? And only so many orders they can go in. I suppose. Very true. Yeah, it's not many. No, it's not many orders. It's surprising there's as many songs as there are in the world. It's not well, many. It turns orders out loads can... of them are really similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the lyrics well, the, about the love is our resistance thing. And love so is about our 19... resistance. If you really about, think so, it's about, about it. 1984 again. The, this one's about uh, Winston and Julia, which are the protagonists mm-hmm. of 1984. Uh, and it's about their like secret love, um, the reference to the Thought Police. That's like a specific Thought reference Police. to 1984. Yeah, um, that is 1984. Yeah, uh, Adam, you might appreciate this. The synths at the start, the, the, the what we were just talking about, is an Ondes Martino, which is an early synthesizer championed by, Johnny by Radiohead guitarist Johnny Green. Yes, that's cool. Ondes Martino so is um, ripping off Radiohead again. <laughs> was was made famous by like well had a resurgence of fame by Johnny Greenwood in about the year two thousand um, when he used it on How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead. It is a fucking bizarre instrument. It's so weird. You put your. It's kind of like a cross between a synth and a theremin. Because you put your um, finger into a small metal ring like that that is uh, that ha- that is attached by strings, and oh, I'm just looking at pictures of it now. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's cool. And there's a little um, glass pedal that you press on your hand that controls the volume or the attack of the note, and you control the note by sliding the ring up and down a keyboard. So it gives it like that. Sort of glissando theremin really cool. effect. Yeah, really cool. Um, the way Johnny Greenwood well, uses it, specifically in the soundtrack to There Will Be Blood, is unbelievable. But that is cool, and that's a cool instrument. But is it a cool in- as cool an instrument as what he does live to play that intro bit instead? Because he doesn't get an on Martino out on stage. Okay, so what Johnny does is he gets the on Martino out, and occasionally they have an orchestra of on Martino. Nah, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. It's Matt Bellamy, so he does not do that. So this is the song where he oh, plays well, no, I know what it is. Gu- yes, double neck guitar. It's a backing track. Oh, double neck guitar. No, yes, yeah, yeah. double neck guitar, <laughs> which we've, we've debated the coolness of on this podcast. Yeah, so one and, yeah. and 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 the top neck has is fretless, and he gets a slide out and does it all with slides. Lovely. on a double neck guitar. Double neck guitars are cool. No, no, no. Yeah. Now no, anyway. I do hate. <laughs> I do hate the. It could be wrong. Could be wrong. Until I heard. Did she put up a fight? fight. Um, but if this if this was the showbiz era, that bit would have been the chorus. Do you know what I mean? Like it. It feels. It, it didn't. It was. Feels like it was going to go somewhere. It doesn't. Do you know what I mean? That would yeah. have been the chorus. But then it does. It goes. It elevates to love is our resistance. It may be cheesy, but and love is our resistance. Love is our resistance. But then, but then it goes up again to the take me away from here in the bridge, and I really like it. And there's another bit at the end, like that you don't hear for the rest of the song. There, there, there's an entire like almost second chorus. It, it's six minutes long and it does a lot of stuff. It, it just elevates and it keeps elevating, and I and I really like that about this song that I didn't like. I've heard this song a thousand times because it's just oh, so you've heard this song, you know yeah. this song. Well, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was yeah. a single, was but it? it also like wasn't yeah. like, but it wasn't like the lead single. Yeah, no, so I, but I, I, I used to. Song. Was this two thousand and nine? You were right. driving, right? I was, yeah, I was an Asda delivery driver, and I had Radio One on all the time. Yeah, fair. Um, um, th- this is a single that got 
weirdly massively popular in the states and this song they still they don't really play this live anymore but in the states they still do because it's like it's one of those weird songs where just in a particular country it's massive and mm. in america this song just gets a massive it won a grammy this song won a grammy what for? best rock song best revelation of what is our resistance yeah, yeah, and it and turns out what? Yeah, this what? love. Yeah, this oh th- this love song. Awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, Matt's like commenting on it, saying like it's a bit weird. This just goes down massively in America, and so they kind of still occasionally play it in America, whereas you'd never get this live now. And like, interesting, interesting. Okay, that means that actually, under this new uh, harsh regime, we are uh, out <laughs> of time. Adam's harsh regime, twenty twenty-one. Yes, exactly. That's how I'll yeah. advertise yeah. my yeah, upcoming yeah. presidential bid. Um, uh, Adam's <laughs> harsh regime. <laughs> no one's going to vote for it. No one is going to vote. Well, for if it. Well, funny any of these recent times, anything to go <laughs> by. I think bloody people will vote for it left, days. right, and bloody centre. Everyone will bloody vote. Literally, you bloody mainly right. Bloody <laughs> vote for it. Everyone will vote for it, and then you'll win, <laughs> and then you'll be a little bloody stupid orange <laughs> goblin. <laughs> but. <laughs> The two songs that we have covered, were they music? Yeah. One was yeah. music. Yeah. The other was cretinous drivel. Okay, good. Well, you'll have to wait until the end of what I imagine is part three to uh, figure out which, which one Lucas thought was cretinous drivel. Um, uh, but, but before we go, I'd, I'd love, I'd simply love to read out an email, if that's okay with you. Because our good friend... Um, Stung I'd love Fox it even more. Has been in touch. This is the most okay. recent uh, episode that I can put this email on. The first half of it is about the uh, the breaking news episode that we did a few weeks back on the new Manic Street Preachers single. Uh, so here we go. This is from Stunned Fox. The subject line is Copenhagen condition. Question mark. Mm, mm, so yeah. already, mm, yes. this guy yes. is talking mm, my language. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm, uh, they say mm. hi, guys. I've been meaning to send an email for quite some time, but never seem to get around to it. So may as well start with the new material that's given me even more to say. Orwellian has a marvelously catchy chorus, but it's also exactly what worried me from the album trailer. It's not strikingly different from what they've been doing, with subtle shifts here and there from their last handful of albums it's effectively a boilerplate modern manix tune which is fine but then the lyrics are somewhat underwhelming too the idea that truth is becoming a slippery notion and old certainties are fading remains interesting but the manix have gone there plenty of times already and often with a few more layers of nuance than what we get here e.g golden platitudes the view from Stowe Hill, Distant Colours, sequels of Forgotten Wars. Truth be told, I was wary the moment we first heard of the title. The idea that circumstances are quote-unquote Orwellian is so played out by now that it would take a considerably cleverer lyric to make its invocation here work. And we Was don't that really... you doing a cleverer lyric? <laughs> that was Adam doing a little quick seance, just <laughs> <laughs> really quickly communing with the spirits that control my body. Also, uh, just also really quickly, um, uh, Denmark Disorder. Also good, also yeah, good. Yeah. Not a capital city, yeah. but but not bad, not bad. Yeah, mm. Reykjavik. Yeah, I was just I was, oh, I was trying to Google a synonym as yeah, well. Fuck you. Don't know. Ultimately, it's a solid but uh, insubstantial lead single in the same way that it's not war, just the end of love is. Sorry about that, Lucas. The tune's solid. There's something interesting lurking in the lyrics, but it feels too slight to truly adore. Uh, I'll walk you through the apocalypse. Is a great line. To be fair, 
Beyond the recent release, I think the two discussions I've been most keen to add to have been the two albums I seem to like more than the podcast collectively did. The grey duo of podcasts from a young man. Podcasts from a young man. Mm-hmm. Postcards. Yeah. From, why didn't we call yep. it podcasts from a young man? Oh, no. Because we're we shit at it. what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. The grey duo of postcards from a young man and absolution. Interesting. Tackling Muse first, it's strange for me to consider the period in early 2010 when I was most infatuated with the band, because unlike most acts I've fallen for to that degree, I don't know that any specific songs or albums stood out all that strongly. It was a much more even whole discography kind of obsession. Consequently, I kind of struggle to feel like anything they've made hits the great heights I ascribed the best releases by other favourite bands of mine. That feels like a very familiar uh, emotion for you. Mr. Lucas Way. Hi. Uh, (laughs) A few years after the fixation, Absolution seemed to make itself the natural answer to the question of what my favourite Muse album is. Like Postcards from a Young Man, I don't necessarily disagree with the drawbacks highlighted on the podcast, and perhaps the slightly flatter, self-serious commerciality of Absolution is what kept it from standing out for me for a while. Uh, I think the calculated nature of the album does work in its favour. The pacing feels very right to me. It ebbs and flows in a way that maintains the grandeur they're going for without preventing it from moving into other dynamics where appropriate. I think the lack of self-aware silliness works in its favour too. Whilst Muse were deliberately over the top reasonably well in other places, I think the earnest wash over this one is a guise I'd prefer to see a little more of uh, from them now. Uh, can only agree with the notion that ruled by secrecy as a grower may well have been five years before I had the sudden same realisation of its greatness. Um, they then go on to talk about uh, postcards from a young man uh, in, in quite some detail, which I might... Uh, I'm going to save the second half of this email for when we eventually get round to the ultra-vivid lament, uh, because I think it will yeah. be more relevant there. Thank you, Stunt Fox, for that incredibly detailed email. Uh, I love that so much. More emails like that, everybody. You know, just listen back to that email again if you're thinking of emailing us, and maybe just uh, maybe just do another draft of whatever you're going to send us. <laughs> just change your name at the start of that. Just raise your game. How about that? And then just say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Copy paste. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Oslo organ failure. Yeah. Yeah. That brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. It is now your turn to talk. So come and find us on our social media. Let us know what you think of my turn. Sorry, is yes. it my turn? To yes, talk? it's your turn. Uh, right, I, I finally got a platform. Sorry, guys. on social media. The thing do these on, days. No, 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 no. Do it on social media where you can talk about those groups of people that you like to talk about when the mic <laughs> is off. Um, uh, let us know what you think of the first two tracks of the resistance uh, and anything that we've <laughs> talked about in this episode. We do love hearing from you. Or you can find us on Twitter at What Is Music Pod, Instagram at What Is Music Pod, TikTok at What Is Music. And if you'd like to send in something a little bit longer, Again, do two, maybe three drafts, and we'll read it out on the show. <laughs> you can email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. There are also, I don't know if you know about this, right? There's what? a couple no. of ways that you can support us other than listening, if you would like to. What? Listening to the podcast is 100% supporting us, but another way to support us is with a little bit of money. Give us, uh, give us your, your fucking cash. You Just can... <laughs> give me your money. I want it now. 
you can buy our merchandise if you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com uh, you'll find some really shit and stupid designs and one cool one uh, which one's that which one's all like, shit it, it, all of them are shit uh, that's the that's the thing they're all shit <laughs> I just I hope to drag people in with that idea that there might be one cool one um, which one is it if you would like to chuck us a few quid uh, without buying our merchandise one fuck you and two go to <laughs> coffee.com which is ko-fi.com forward slash what is music all donations are gratefully received and go towards our running costs which as you are aware from last week's episode have just gone up slightly um that about does it uh we can say see you next week now without getting confused whether it's actually that's really true see you next yeah. week thanks again for listening and i will I mean leave you. apart from the bit where we're recording this really out of order though. sure this, this I will, right now <laughs> I'll, leave, sleep. I'll leave you with just one piece of advice mm. uh, don't resist your ants or ants will resist you yeah yeah bye, bye. <laughs> Chris